welcome to Three at the Back, the football analytics podcast from OptiPro. I'm Ryan Byer and I'll be your host for this episode. Today we are joined by returning guest Donald Barron, now of the University of Suffolk, a course leader on the BSc for Sports Performance Analysis Programme. Donald, thanks for joining us. Yep, thanks for having me back. How's it all going? So you started the new role at the university in July this summer, is that right? Yep, yeah, so I joined this summer and it's actually been you know, really interesting, kind of really refreshing to have a new role. Um, slightly different to what I've done previously in professional sport, but uh, I'm just really enjoying teaching and working with some really young, enthusiastic you know, analysts that hopefully will have a career in sport just like myself. So shaping the, the analysts for the 21-22 season is going to be all, all, all on you, essentially. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, obviously, hopefully we'll have a production line of you know, top-class analysts who can uh, be much better than myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. And joining Donald is a three-of-the-back debut for James Krause, senior football analyst at Arsenal Academy. James, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. No, first time, so good to be here. Oh, great to have you on. So to start, could you just tell us a bit about your, your current role and a bit about your uh, your previous roles around that and getting into the industry? Current role, uh, I'm obviously a senior football analyst, like you said, at Arsenal, which day-to-day I sort of work with under 23 squad to deliver the analysis programme there. Part of the role is also to oversee the programme from under-23s down to the under-9s. So obviously we're split over two sites, so it's helping make sure we're aligned throughout. Previously, I've worked at Ipswich as head of the analysis department there. Obviously, worked my way up through the ranks there. Prior to that, working towards a degree at University of Suffolk, now it's called. Playing background, so played various clubs, started from Ipswich, come through there. So I feel like I've got a good experience of how to come through an academy and what it takes to move up. Been out and had loans. Obviously, unfortunately, I dropped down the leagues and then obviously went down a different route, which has led me to where I am today. Excellent. I think that... Um... As you said, that sort of first-hand experience of what it's like to be in an academy from a playing perspective, I imagine that's that's really useful and can inform a lot of what you do in your role. Yeah, I feel like uh, over the years, obviously, you build up your analysis philosophies, but being where some of the boys have been, I feel like I've got experiences that I can relate to them and help use what we have to develop them to make it to maybe the next level or the first team, whatever that may be. And he's been very modest about his playing background because obviously you're a, a former FU Youth Cup winner. Played against some very high-profile players, so um, you're obviously, you know, quite a, a a very talented young player and played at quite a you know a high level, which I'm sure that informed your football knowledge and it's then informed your analysis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't like talking about too much. I get a lot of stick from it when I do because it's a long time ago now. But yeah, I feel like I've got a, a good way to inform that, and I feel like it's been for me getting into the industry one of my unique selling points because obviously, as much as it doesn't say that my football knowledge is definitely one of the best it, it looks like that and then I, I feel that I can sh- use that to my advantage and then implement our sort of analysis processes into the practical use day-to-day into the football program. Excellent I'll um I'll come back to a bit of that in, in more detail later on looking at not only that but the, the sort of wider outside thoughts and different perspective but I wanted to start off with looking at I suppose your two clubs Arsenal and Ipswich I imagine the two roles differed quite a lot in terms of the objectives and how the clubs both operated. Ultimately, the objective is the same, to produce players to play in the first team. So that's similar priorities yeah. between the two. But the pathway to get there is ultimately different. Because obviously the size of the club, so you've got the resourcing, staffing. Obviously, when I was at Ipswich, it was a longer time ago, like four or five years ago now. So even places like that would have moved on a lot in terms of where analysis has come from, from when I started to now. So the main main things I found when I first went there was just the resource you have available to be able to deliver a programme. And then, obviously, the amount of staff that there were to sort of dedicate your time on being more specific tasks. Whereas at Ipswich, you obviously work in a lot smaller, tight-knit group, but you, you have to be more sort of self-sufficient and 
lot more practical and sort of proactive in sort of what you're doing. You had to solve problems. You didn't necessarily have the resource, so you had to be more sort of find ways around it, be innovative with without having sort of money and products and the amount of staff that you have available at other clubs. And with, with Ipswich, you were you were fairly involved in almost establishing that that analysis side, obviously. I, I imagine based on how modest you were about your playing career, you don't set too much credit here, but um, it was almost building from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I came out of it while I was at uni. I sort of did a full-time internship and then there wasn't really anything apart from capturing games and then providing that to coaches to be able to watch and feedback. So, obviously, when I was there, I kind of knew a lot of the coaches from my playing time there, a lot of the sort of senior members of staff. So, when I was at uni, I worked there as a full-time internship to sort of build the department and sort of build a programme that can help support the coaching uh, philosophy, really. So, there's a lot of hard work to do it, a lot of hours with not much resource behind it. But felt like I got it going and then obviously with that link with the back end of the university when I was there, we kind of came on quite quickly. Obviously now, where it is now to where it was then, it's probably come on even further. Of course, of course. And and in your current role, obviously this summer has, has seen a lot of change at the football club right across the, the entire spectrum. Um, could you tell us a bit about, about what that change has looked like and, and how you've responded to that in your role? Yeah, obviously... We've had uh, Arsene Wenger for a long period of time. A very unique thing now in football that obviously probably won't ever happen again. So there's been a lot of change at the club in terms of the first team, but obviously on our side, the academy as well. Mertesacker has sort of come out and he's now academy manager. Had a new head of coaching, so the whole club's experience and a lot of change. So for us, it's kind of then working with them to kind of settle everything down, see their ideas, our ideas, and then formulating where we want to move forward from there. Excellent. I suppose one of the one of the key challenges, or perhaps not even a challenge, but to build that relationship with the coaching staff to understand what they're trying to achieve on the pitch, on the training pitch, and in games, and making sure that you can support and inform that process. Yeah, definitely. So we'll we'll work very closely with them. That's part of being an analyst is you're very close to the coaches because obviously we're there to support support them and the players. So it's us also not just listening to them we're showing them our expertise and how what we can do can help them in their role so we've worked closely with with all the senior members of staff coming in and we've obviously got a lot lot of things going for us in terms of what we got available so we started from a very good base and we've provided a good sort of program so far and now we're hoping to work together to see if we can raise that to the next level excellent and donald change is something you've obviously experienced in your in your career when you're on the club side is that something you found almost rip it up and start again or have certain managers been more receptive to the to what's been going on in the, the existing process how have you um, experienced it with that yeah I think it's it just varies from individual to individual and you know each club or coach is different so I, I saw a lot of um, changes in my time so I think I worked with 15 different managers and obviously multiple coaches um, as part of their backroom staff um, at each club so that and that was in 12 years so I experienced a lot of change and part of when you move from maybe academic background or from university and work in professional sport is getting used to that change and seeing it as a, an opportunity for development um, and a positive step rather than seeing it as someone destroying your progress or influence. you are there to work as part of a team and your role might change or adjust or how they implement your work might um, be different, but it's trying to see it as an opportunity um, and like James talked about, you probably had less of a challenge in getting buy-in with staff. It's an opportunity to learn how different people think, how they work, how you could implement their ideas with your work. 
you know how you can work together better so it's i think i've seen a lot of change but it, it my thing in experience is i try to see it as more of a positive and a way to learn and develop and develop new skills myself and then i think you'll get more out of it if you see it as someone coming in and trying to change what you're doing or knocking down what you've done before uh you'll make your life a lot more difficult yeah i think that's a really really probably the right way to look at it, especially in in football when you know that those changes are going to happen frequently and you've got to be i suppose quite adaptable as an analyst to, yeah. to work with different styles and and different outputs of what's required for different coaches and different managers yeah i mean we're lucky in the academy that there's a lot more stability generally than in a first team level obviously at first team when you were dictated to by the manager and results team seem to take over but we can step back and take a, a longer look at ours because we know we've got more time there's a lot less turnover of staff it tends to have a philosophy that is built over a longer period of time so we can step back and sort of take that longer term approach to it but yeah still you'll have ever changing like like donald said i think you can look at it as a positive like now we're embracing obviously new ideas and then seeing how we can look to implement it to what we currently do and obviously it can only be good for everybody yeah and i think there's there's no one way to win a match or one way to develop players and i think if you get to work with different staff either from different backgrounds or different playing philosophies or different coaching methods you're broadening your knowledge and that, in the long run that that can help you as an individual um, and make you basically have a more broader knowledge and broader set of skills um, and sometimes it can just bring a freshness to your working week that you've got to try and solve different problems so depending on you know the the attitudes of the staff coming in and how much they integrate with you it can be a really positive thing and you can just start to develop yourself and develop new skills um, but it's it's maybe when people come in and don't integrate or don't communicate that's when it, it becomes more challenging to try and build a working relationship excellent and i think i think linked to that is not only you obviously you spoke about how, how new managers new coaches can, can bring new ideas but is there also a an opportunity sort of outside of that direct club space to to influence the thinking to get those new ideas whether that's from the academic world people from different backgrounds obviously with arsenal there's the, the stat dna relationship is there this opportunity to get these ideas that are perhaps perhaps not already instantly there within the day-to-day -day environment um yeah definitely i think now we've got a generation of coaches that are much more aware of data and how it can be used to sort of provide an objective angle on player performance so we're currently a big on education because before we implement it fully into all our processes we feel that everyone needs to understand on it we've been using advanced data now for a long period of time with our uh, stat dna connections obviously we work very closely with them first team are quite sort of adept at using that we're integrating that now into the academy so we're looking now that we can sort of use that to sort of move on and then hopefully making sort of better decisions and being able to monitor players on a more objective basis and if we combine that with like expert subjective opinion we feel that'd be a very powerful tool moving forward i think that's a really good point is and in arsenal's situation they've you know seen it it's such a opportunity for development improvement in their decision making that they've bought a company themselves and really developed that and they've obviously tailored the work and they've got integration between staff between the two companies etc i think when it comes from above and the club really embraces it and more clubs do that now staff get more time to go and meet people from outside their sport or meet people out from other sports and exchange ideas and then that's when you can get a different viewpoint on how you come up with a solution to a problem or how you share your your work and i think that's clubs are far more receptive to that now and far more supportive of their staff developing themselves 
I think there's a huge short-term pressure that will never change in football specifically, but clubs are allowing staff more freedom to continually develop themselves. And I think that's really important because you are constantly trying to improve bit by bit to keep up with the competition. But if you don't allow people to research ideas and either link them in universities or link them in companies or other sports, you're never going to develop new ideas. And I think that's football clubs now are investing more time in hiring more staff from outside sport who've got programming backgrounds or visualisation backgrounds, and, you know, real specialists in data. And I think that's having a really big impact now on how clubs work. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the uh, the points you made there about learning from, from other sports is really interesting. And a question to, to both of you is, have you, have you found that specific sports might lend themselves better or have you found... Uh, is there, you know, are there examples of particular sports that you've worked with analysts and had those conversations where perhaps you've you've, you've learned something that you wouldn't have known before? I'd, I'd say in my background, I think I, as I became more senior and I had to stretch myself, I was increasingly looking from looking outside my environment because the staff I worked with maybe younger, um, you know, and sometimes just someone coming in young with a fresh pair of eyes does give you a new approach to something. But I um, obviously spoke to a lot of people from multitude of sports events like leaders and performance and also the events opt to put on um, speaking to a lot of people in rugby they were usually more open um, to changing their practices um, especially in American sports as well people working in uh, maybe the NBA um, or in baseball different areas with data they were maybe further ahead in those areas so you can almost learn even what some of their simple practices are are quite unique or innovative for football um, and I think that rugby is interesting because I think they give players more ownership and they're probably more innovative with how they use analysis and training. I think football clubs have taken that on board now and have started to really implement some of those ideas. I know clubs like Bournemouth heavily focus on training analysis. You know, they're not the only one, but I know they, you know, because Eddie Howe is very much about developing players, they've really embraced that and they've got really specialist roles. And I think that's something, you know, a lot of other clubs could learn from. Um, so it's not just Bournemouth, but there's, there's, you know, that's something that's really quite specific in rugby. There's a lot of player development, player focus, and I think the pressure results has led to a lot of opposition and tactical focus uh, at the detriment of some other areas. Yeah, I think one of the um, one of the really interesting examples, and this is from uh, picked up in sort of the North American sports, maybe three or four years ago, was the analyst talking about how coaching buying and their credibility with coaching staff was was taken for granted now they're at a stage where they could bounce a new idea and if it didn't work it didn't work they'll get another shot they'll get another chance maybe in football four or four years ago that perhaps wasn't the case but it seems like now that's a case where James you could go to the coach have a discussion about something it might not work it might be a new idea but you've got that credibility now to go in and have the buy-in instead of the same level playing field yeah I mean we're always looking to sort of be at the forefront of technology sort of try and lead in certain areas because at Arsenal we sort of obviously we bought heavily into the, the stat DNA and advanced data and incorporate that into our processes which are well underway I mean we've sort of had experiments with virtual reality which uh, we've been looking at how we can use that because we feel that could be potentially the next area but for these things that aren't currently being practiced you need to look at outside of football I mean very narrow-minded to think we've got all the answers I mean we also ask them have the sort of the luxury of being able to have people that are now working for us that are from different sports. You've got rugby, you've got cricket, you've got people that have worked in tennis that can come in and bring ideas internally. So I think now football is becoming a lot more diverse. And 
bringing a lot more people in from obviously we talked about data backgrounds but not only that but from different sports that can apply and you can lean on and look at experiences that they've had in different sort of um, fields really yeah and I think there's so certain sports have got a strong focus on different areas and I think some Olympic sports or individual sports are more focused on technique and developing that individual athlete and they really focus their energy on that and that's something football is now spending more time and more resources on developing each individual athlete but then there's other sports where it's more how the players are involved in decisions and the culture and they've got ownership over because they talk about the lack of leadership in football or there's not as many leaders in some other sports Brentford has been quite innovative and they've they've gotten rid of having a captain and it's more a collective group to say and there's ideas like that that obviously maybe been a bit more negative or been a bit more kind of slow to take on board and try these things out and I think now there's some trailblazers within the sport who've opened their eyes a little and tried these things and when they work other people tend to follow and catch up um, so I think it's a really interesting time because there's some more quality work that can go on rather than literally just being an analyst I think you can have more impact and more influence and do some more interesting things in the current climate definitely I think football is perhaps perhaps had a reputation for being you know slow to take up these technologies be that on the field of goal line technology the recent addition of technology on the dugout perhaps uh, the, you know behind other sports but now we're probably seeing perhaps more of an acceptance and understanding of, of the value it can bring there I think that's a, a nice place to wrap it up for part one we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, discuss more about getting into this industry and different approaches to take, different lessons learned, and uh, we'll be drawing on both James and Donald for their input there. Welcome back to Three at the Back. So we're going to start this uh, this part by looking at how to get into the industry. We know it's a very it's a very popular industry. We see both uh, both online and at conferences a lot of common questions about getting into the industry. So we wanted to address that address that in this section. So. We're going to start, guys, by um, by looking at one, you know, your your sort of top level advice for getting into the industry and what your own stories are, and both from this sort of on your side, Donald, both from the hiring side as well, in terms of what do you look for from people, and then yeah, how does that come about? Yeah, I think it's a, a really big issue, um, and it's obviously really important. So, uh, and I've got kind of vested interest in it now um, because of you know working in a university now, we're obviously um, a big thing for students is employability and you know they generally so our courses obviously are very applied um i've got obviously a lot of applied experience which is one of the the reasons um you know i i have the role i have now um and i think for me i obviously ran a lot of interview processes and i was always looking for people not only with you know some skills or some experience in the football environment but also that they've almost shown that proactive attitude to go and seek out opportunities themselves um, and that they've been able to problem solve or find solutions to problems because I think that there's a big difference between someone who's got an experience because the university created that opportunity or they've gone and sought it out themselves or have they gone into an environment and you know been really successful in the football environment or a sporting environment or have they gone into it and done the bare minimum because it's not just the technical qualities it's their personal qualities of you know hard work dedication attention to detail and being able to learn new skills and problem solve so it's quite a broad set of skills and also being able to communicate and uh, work with other staff because you are part of a team at university you're very much 
developing yourself, um, or James's background is more in playing. You're kind of you are a member of a team and you're trying to develop yourself as well. But you, you've got to work in that team environment. Mm -hmm. So the, those are some of the things I looked for. And personally, my experience getting into the industry was different from James. I came from growing up wanted to play, but I knew I wasn't you know wasn't going to be good enough. I did a, a university undergraduate degree at University of Stirling. You know, I've worked very, very hard there to go and seek out opportunities to get applied experience. And then I used every opportunity I got to try and impress people and leave a good impression. And I was very lucky some of those uh, people I worked with opened up other doors for me. So they opened up the next opportunity and the next one. Um, and I think my dedication and willingness to learn and, and problem solve on the job meant doors kept opening for me. And, and so I think those things are really important to you know, young people looking to get into the industry, whether it's sports science or data analysis or working more on the technical, tactical side of analysis. Yeah, I mean, obviously my football background has helped me along the way, but when I was at university, I took advantage of any sort of internship role I could do or any work experience. If something came up, I wanted to do it, whether it was in, um, I went and did some sort of work with Northampton Saints and some British cycling stuff. So, and then obviously the Ipswich one came up and I immersed myself into everything. So as much as that helped me along the way, I think similar to what you're saying, I sort of seeking out a lot of things myself. And as much now as as a dedicated degree, whereas when I did it, it was a sports science degree. So a lot of the things I know about analysis, I had to teach myself along the way because there wasn't master's courses dedicated to analysis or undergrad degrees. Ready, yeah. So I feel now that they're probably coming a lot more prepared. But the what you're talking about, seeking other opportunities now is exactly the same, whereas I saw opportunities that might not be the same as now. But then it might be something that's additional. What would make you stand out? What would make you look better than everyone else on your course? Whether it be, I don't know, you're going down some sort of route of doing your coaching badges if you wanted to. Because if I'm looking now hiring and looking at what your football understanding would be, coaching badges would be one area I'd look at on a CV. Uh, you look at now Man City, I think you look at their head of analysis and their under-23 jobs that have recently gone up. They've asked for coaching badges to be a part of that so I think now you'll look at that slowly becoming the norm with positions in sort of football analysis then it's also looking at what route you want to go down it's like we said earlier that you've got data analysts so you might then look to specialize further and do more learning in sort of like data and yeah and statistics and things like that and you've also got recruitment where you might look at more like the talent ID side of it so I think there's lots of things out there that can make you stand out like you said, it's just been able to seek those yourself. But I think courses that like they're doing at University of Suffolk now preparing people a lot better than ever before. And it's there's not many out there at the moment. Yeah, I think the, there's a lot more specialism. There's more a bigger variety of roles available now, and there's, but there's a lot more competition. I think when I came into and even when James came into analysis, there were probably fewer roles and they were less specific but you had to really go and try and find the links because universities didn't have links. Clubs weren't actively, proactively looking for, you know, candidates. Now there are more opportunities. There's more links between universities, clubs, etc., and companies and clubs, but the bar is much higher. So you need to do a lot more research about what it takes to get a role and what the level of competition is and seek to be the best. So it's not just enough to go and do a degree now. And to look for an opportunity, you've got to be the, the best or really up at that top end of your course. But you've got to go and look for opportunities outside of your course to apply your skills you're learning. So the university cannot 
put you under the same pressure as the club environment can. So it can our course is very applied. You're going to do coursework that is using the same tools, you know, so we have access to sports code, huddle products, you know, up to data, Kyron Hagel, you know, you're going to use tools that are industry standard for from the elite to the bottom end of, you know, the football ladder or sport in general. But how you use and how you apply those tools and skills will be more time pressured in a, a professional good. environment. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd imagine the university, obviously you'll learn, you know, you'll learn best practice and so on, but that something reactive has come up, you've only got an hour, it's a time pressured environment, a lot's on the line, that can't be replicated uh, perhaps in the same way, you know, that, it, that you have on a, on a daily basis, James. And I imagine that, and I don't want to encourage everyone just to flood your inbox now, I imagine you get a lot of emails from people wanting jobs or wanting work experience or wanting advice. Now, an easy sort of win in this first instance would be, I'd imagine, if someone with that email perhaps came with a, with a match report, with a detailed analysis, with their own work, that, that that's going to put them you know, ahead of people in the queue in the first instance rather than just to look what you've got available, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, we've done it for roles in our sort of recruitment process when we're interviewing that we'll now set tasks beforehand because we'll feel that we can then gauge how they are as an analyst a lot better than if we just sit there and question them more. So we're just trying to find out more. We've looked at their CV, we've moved them forward a stage, but we'll often then set them a task, whether it's to do prepare a pre-match and then present back to us on their findings. So you can hit quite a lot of things. You can see, right, how do you present? You can look at how do you sort of visualise what you want to get across? What's your football understanding of how the information is behind it? And then you can look at if they've incorporated data and how they've done that. So you can start to build a better understanding. So, I mean, for me... For let's take a step back because obviously we've done it recently. CVs is the first thing you get out, so we'll receive hundred yeah. CVs for a role. So we're going through that, and obviously you need to sell yourself concisely. And what sometimes I see that people don't necessarily look at what the role is and what and highlight things that I might be looking for because you don't. We're not going to sit there and look through each CV for twenty twenty. Of course, yeah, yeah. So you need to make sure that what you get down on on that sells yourself. For the, the role you're going for like, as concisely as you, you can really because that's your first sort of impression to get onto the stage of being able to then have an interview so I think that's a key role and I think it's something that I know when I was at university we spent a lot of time on working on and helped me along the way and I'm sure it's something you still currently do now yeah because I think I've now got the two hats on I'm obviously looking at people who are looking to move from either the you know their A-levels or college into university to bridge that gap and take the next step towards getting a job. And I'm also looking at how do students get that job and get the opportunity. I'm liaising with clubs a little bit on more senior staff they're looking to hire. And I think the thing for younger people who want to work in the industry is do a lot of research around what are jobs asking for. So there's usually job adverts out there in the public domain. What are they asking for? What specific things do they want? Because jobs are usually quite specific now and asking for specific skills and they have specific roles. So what are they asking for and what things do you already have or what can you offer? And where is it you can learn the skills that you don't have? It's, and you've got to, it's quite challenging for young people now because you've almost got to think of, especially in analysis and professional sport, you've got to think of a long-term plan quite early on. And you've got, that takes a certain level of, you know, level-headedness and forward thinking that, you know, at 17, 18, you know, it's quite challenging. Um, and it's a level of maturity you've got to have, but look for which courses can provide you the skills and the experience that will help you make the next step. And then if you're looking at a club or a job you want to get 
after university, etc., while you're in university, it's a similar process. It's what skills have you got? What are they asking for? And how do you fill in the gaps? What are your real strengths? And uh, make your CV specific. So highlight any areas where you've filled, tick the boxes. It's almost like a checklist usually. And how you can demonstrate that. And, and I think all the interview processes I ran were quite specific. And we set tasks to get you to showcase what you can do. So it's easy to say on paper you can do something. But how can you solve the specific problem I've given you, which is one we probably face on a daily basis? And with with the course in general that you you're obviously leading your your you know your, your your key in terms of shaping that, and that that makes a huge difference given your your experience. Did you also find yourself going to speaking with a lot of different clubs, thinking and and realising that perhaps certain skills were missing? Um, oh, we'd really like people to come into the job from university that could do X, that could do Y, or that had this about them or that about them that perhaps thought, oh, okay, that's something that is missing and and would be really really good asset for a candidate to have. Yes, so I mean I'm. I obviously I've had the benefit of working with a lot of different staff, uh, worked at a few different clubs over 10 years, Premier League and Championship, so I have got a good level of knowledge, but I'm always wanting to learn new skills. And also the good thing for myself is I don't have a bias towards one club. I've not got a vested interest, so I do engage with a lot of people I know still in clubs. I work with very lucky people like James are involved in things like this and then talking about more general things of the role because sport is constantly changing. And as university, courses quite often say they wait for industry before they adapt their courses. And what we're trying to do is get a balance of being proactive, but maybe checking which products are maybe changing or where we invest our money in terms of the technology uh, so it's in line with industry, but making sure that we're trying to develop new methods that could benefit and fill gaps. So we're, we're checking what clubs are doing currently, what skills are really vital, but also what questions can they not answer. Yeah. So we're doing research and we're getting projects from the students. And we know, and I know from industry, there's, there's shortages in terms of the data science skills, um, visualizing data, even language skills. So if you want to work in recruitment, having another language, being able to converse or read certain social media information in another language is really vital. I'm very lucky we've got some students from you know family backgrounds from across Europe who are multilingual, and that's a huge asset you know for a club. But also we have computer science degrees where people are, more interested in data science and programming. That's some of the skills James has talked about. And Mikhail, so I'm a co-course leader. Mikhail, who works on our course, his background is in economics and banking and more data science. So we've got a kind of breadth of skills. So for the different roles you want to get, we can we can teach them different areas and develop them for specific roles they want to get into. Say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly play devil's advocate now and, and put something back back on your side. In terms of sports analysis courses and sports science courses, obviously a lot of people that are now within clubs will have taken those degrees. Do you think that because of there's the vast number of people that have taken those degrees, there's perhaps almost an, an echo chamber of thoughts of the way things are have been done, will be done? One, do you agree with that? And two, what would your uh, do you think there's a way to expand that to bring it as we sort of spoke about earlier in terms of different backgrounds, different ways of thinking, can that help help evolve analysis uh, within football? Okay, I'll, I'll dive in. <laughs> I'll dive in. Um, I, I, I think a lot of analysts actually come from different backgrounds. So I think the bigger issue is more that then clubs, because of the short-term pressure, can drive people towards certain objectives and focusing on just... The, the coach's priorities rather than having a set way of working that is best practice. I think the the courses themselves, I, 
I don't think there's either that many specific analysis courses. But I also think the staff working within them have got different backgrounds or different sporting interests. And I think that clubs are employing people from backgrounds like data science or are more interested in visualisation or some like James have got more of a playing background. Some have come from coaching. Some are more academic. I think those, the route in is quite different. So I don't think that influences people to think down one way or down one sort of train of thought. I think more clubs can sometimes drive people towards one way of thinking being quite short term or the people managing them can have a background either typically a lot of coaches ex, you know players yeah. have been in leadership positions now there's maybe more technical directors maybe more sports science or management based but sometimes they're, they're maybe four more focused on sports science and rehab so the investment and in facilities etc within a club can be in that route but I think the courses I, I think i don't think currently there's a sort of a small avenue of you know developing staff in my opinion but i don't know what james's thoughts are or his experience yeah i think it's come a long way over the last few years i think now we have a lot more people from different backgrounds i think a few years ago it probably was similar-minded people that were trying to drive it along like the football background and the sort of linking it with coaching but I think more and more we've gone on the introduction of data like I said we've got visualization specialists we've got people that work in computer programming so we work closely with them so only benefits us obviously we'll have conversation with them we learn from them they learn from us and then obviously we try and help develop people like we'll get out we'll do sort of visits to other clubs other sports and obviously like myself and Donald will sort of links with like the uh sort of academia so I think we're always continuing to try and challenge ourselves and as long as you've got the people that are thinking that way and like-minded that you'll always tend to get the best out of it as long as like you want to be the best you can be and seek out similar to like what we we're saying when you're at uni still now when you're in the job you need to seek out further opportunities to help enhance how you can be as an analyst or like, I came in I, my sort of selling point was my football background so I've worked hard lately on sort of immerse myself in like the advanced data and understanding that more because now that's going to be a lot more how we integrate it and then hopefully when you have the two it's a powerful combination then there'll be something else that I need to go and sort of um, develop my skills in but I think now with the people around especially at a club like Arsenal where we have a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds the opportunity to learn is a lot greater than it ever used to be. And it feels like Arsenal's perhaps perhaps one of the exceptions maybe where you've got that opportunity and that chance to go and to go and learn beyond the day-to-day you can take that step back you can as you said you've got a people you've got a, a range of people with different skill sets both internally and, you, and you've got that that network as well beyond to, to sort of expand your skills do you think that's perhaps one of the biggest challenges that clubs face in terms of either they can't or they won't that the, the team can't go beyond that day-to-day because there are so many short-term pressures that, that you know two games a week that's going to be tough to to take that step back and look beyond to the bigger picture and see what can be changed in the longer term. Yeah, definitely. You always have the, that is the pressure because your, your job is to produce whatever it is for a specific yeah. time. So you can't come away from that. But I think people are now becoming more aware of like the advantages of people stepping back and going and doing some more um, development for themselves because then ultimately it's going to come back and then help out the club. Whereas smaller clubs might find it more difficult because of the amount of staff they have. But, I think you'll find that the people there, because they have to be a little bit more creative, that they will still seek out 
external sources to help them because it's just in a different way. They have to be a bit more creative than maybe we do in terms of what softwares or resource we've got available. So they might have to go down a different route that's not necessarily the norm for like a big club to do because we don't need to do it because we have more resource. So I don't think necessarily that it doesn't happen at different clubs. I think it just is different from how they go about it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to bring it back to the kind of how you get into the industry or how you assess jobs. And I think it's it's doing your research. So you're talking about there's the, sometimes the challenge in certain clubs is different from one to the other. And I think, you know, whether you're a young person looking to get into the industry or looking to go to a university course or you're someone who's looking to get a, a job in the industry, your first one or a new one, it's, it's doing your research in the background of, what is that club or is that, what is that university like? What are their strengths and weaknesses? And does that fit with me? So there'll be different challenges in every job and there's always going to be short-term pressures. But sometimes an individual might fit going to a smaller club where they have more involvement with the coaching staff um, and they maybe have more control over how the analysis develops. Some people are maybe younger, maybe less confident, and they may be working in a bigger team where they can develop and develop their experience and then go and take on a more senior role elsewhere. And it's the same people looking for maybe that university course or the training to develop themselves. Go and visit the university or do your research, talk to staff, talk to people in the industry. You can uh, access and find out what they know about it. And does it suit you as an individual? Yeah, I see. I think that's, that's a fair point. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it up because we are short of time. And I'm going to put one question to you, to you both. So... I'm looking to uh, for a job in a club. What are you, you know? What's your what's your advice? What's your one bit of advice if I uh, if I want to get a job in a club on the analysis side? For me, so one bit of advice I'd give is to be proactive. So in what you do, you just need to try and give yourself uh, a unique selling point, whatever that might be. So obviously you have different sort of interests in different areas, but try and give yourself that little bit extra that someone else doesn't have. I mean, I'd echo that because I think that's really important. I think for young people now I think most people come from outside the football environment and going and getting a degree course I think finding one that's very applied with links to industry is really important I'd say go and check out open days etc and get a feel for is the environment right for you do the staff have the right experience or they're fit to develop you University of Suffolk got an open day Saturday November 3rd <laughs> so I'm going to make a shameless plug there um, but I mean there's other courses University of Derby have got an undergraduate course Cardiff Met have got a long established course and depending on what sport or what interests you've got, one might be better for you. And obviously, some people might do just a sports science degree. If you come to the University of Suffolk, you can switch degrees, but there's other ones you can go to for masters afterwards. Like University of Chichester's got a very good reputation. Cardiff Met have got other masters courses, but you've got to find the right fit for you that's going to get you the experience and the skill set you need to have for your interests that will develop you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you one more on that. So we've got. Two people that both did Suffolk, uh, and both did the Masters at Chichester, and one of them asks you, what do I need to do to, uh, to get ahead of the other? So a bit of advice to get into a club, what would you go for? What would you suggest? For me, I think it depends on the role, and, and that's the thing James talked about earlier, is the, the role that comes up might ask for different skills. If I, my last role was more in scouting and recruitment, I think having the same skill set, but having a language skill is a massive selling point. I think if you can come into a club um, with that or having a real strong data science programming skill set, but having the same knowledge of football as other people, I think those are two real unique selling points. 
but it's dependent on which club is looking for, you know, the, the analyst and what role they've advertised. Yeah, that's a really, really fair point. I think, I think the language point is probably so undervalued or under underspoken about within within the context of, of getting into the industry and flourishing within the industry as well. And I'd imagine for for analysts in what is a fairly fluid industry in terms of moving from club to club, that that language option can obviously open a lot more doors as well from that perspective. Well, definitely, and I think it's something you've seen from younger players now is they're moving um, to foreign countries because there's so much competition. The Premier League at such a elite level, it's an international league, and you're limiting your career and limiting yourself if you only want to work in the UK. Um, but also, a number of coaches now, staff, are uh, you know are foreign. You know, speak foreign languages. Players uh, are coming from a number of different countries. If you can inter- interact and communicate with lots of different people fluently in their own language, it's a massive benefit to you um, and it's a unique selling point. So like James's football knowledge is unique, that language skill is very, very beneficial to a lot of clubs, but also the, the data science has become increasingly important and it's it's a very niche skill that uh, is not in abundance. You know, There's not a lot of people with that skill set, so they can have quite a, a unique selling point. Excellent. That's where we're, we're going to wrap it up there, guys. James, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Donald, thank you very much for coming back on Three of the Back. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you very much for listening.